And welcome to Plan K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And we did it! We made it through Hwayugi! We're coming to you from beyond the grave because we are dead. <laughs> it killed us. It killed us, but I came home and looked at my laptop and was like, oh, I gotta watch a K-drama. And I had the weirdest sense of relief at not having to watch Hwayugi anymore. It wasn't, like, a responsibility that was also this massive, like, drama bomb waiting to explode in your face. I've never had that kind of weight on my shoulders before, and I, I didn't know I did until it was over. Yeah, I literally, I I will give Hwayugi this much. It No K-dramas K ever stressed me out as bad as Hwayugi did. Yeah, I think that makes it great. I mean, I'm proud of it, but I kind of hated it. Yeah. Just for that one reason. It's just, In general, I really loved it. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of real life things that stress me out in general, and K-dramas are like really good escapism, but sometimes the K-dramas are even harder than real life. And it was good. Like, I think we do this every time. I definitely do. With every episode that we've done on Hwayugi, I immediately come out of the gate being like, ah, and then I'm like, but I loved it, it's really good, and I find reasons <laughs> to tell people why I loved it. So I guess I'll just be this wishy-washy monster until the end of this episode. Okay, we feel all the feelings about this K-drama, and I think that's what they intended when they made it. Yeah, they did a good job with that feeling they thing. They did a good job. So yeah, um, we went episodes 17 through 20 this week, and we watched the finale together. Real dang cute. Yep. We forgot to live tweet it. We I think we were planning on it. We totally meant to. We were like, well, let's live tweet the first and end of every K-drama. It will just be a good, like, rounded out way to do this. And then we just watched it, because, yeah, we cannot keep on top of our commitments. I think that's fine, though. Like, I mean, let us know if in the future you want us to live-tweet the finale, but I feel like the first episode of a K-drama, you're interested, but you're just getting into it, so you don't have to be completely invested. Whereas the finale, everything has to wrap up, and you can't miss a single line while you're trying to tweet those hilarious commentaries. Yeah, that's true. And I guess my only regret is that pretty much every couple of minutes, the entire time we were watching the finale, you managed to make me laugh out loud so hard, and I really needed that, and maybe someone else needed that. Oh no. <laughs> Those jokes are dead now, though. I can't remember any of them. I can't remember no. and steal any of them. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hopefully they're in the notes, but our notes are a mess, so probably not. Kind of a bad <laughs> deal we've got going here. Um, seventeen and eighteen, we're kind of gonna blast through because a lot happened, but really, it was just a lot of build up. It seemed like yeah, there were pretty much just like 
Yeah, very, there were a couple of things that came up in the episode in episode 17 that I really loved, and so I wrote them down. But other than that, there's not, like, some heavy... I mean, po- what were those things? Uh, first of all, I think this is, like, the first time that Xiaomi's powers are, like, really good. Like, she's doing cool things, and ba-da-da-da-da, I'm loving it, like, a lot. <laughs> like, so much. Do you think we'll have to pay money for what I just did? It's probably fine, right? Probably fine. We don't get paid for this. Um, And so, yeah, I really, really, really loved how she, like, was coming into her powers. Finally. Finally. She's so cool and she's so confident because of them. Yeah. At long last, she is the Sionmi I've wanted the whole time. She's so in charge of herself and her surroundings Multiple times in these four episodes, she meets with El Presidente, and she is not having him. And it's awesome. It's so cool. Yeah. Oh, her versus him was such a good battle. Yeah, because he's so oh confused. My he thinks he's such a charmer. It's like, she doesn't yeah. like me at all. I was just going to say, we looked up his age after the show, and I was like, I think he's like probably 35. Except this to Raquel. And I felt bad because I was like, that's probably older than he actually is. He seems like a young guy. He's 41. Lordy, How's lordy, that even look possible? Who's lordy, lordy, he is a beautiful man. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I do think that um, Koreans are ageless, though, for the most part. Because, like, Ma Wong, I don't actually know how old he is. I just know he looks great no matter, like, what way you cut it. Yeah. He's a good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I was just shocked at that. Yeah, it is crazy. It's weird. That's, I think, a big reason why you and I rarely go full stock mode on K-drama actors, because we always find something that shakes our whole world. <laughs> like, when we found out that Henry Lau knows so many languages, like, cool, we're doing great. And now we bring it up every single podcast, and this is why we can't look up <laughs> things about our favorite actors. Yep. Because we'll just, we'll fangirl over it too hard. Yep. Get too excited. Sorry, what are some other things that you loved about Seventeen? I kind of cut you off. Uh, I really liked how often um, Korean Jesus got played. Like, multiple times. There was the part where Ma Wong and Secretary Ma are kind of over, like, whatever he, whatever shenanigans the heavens are pulling. And so they do a full grift to get some information <laughs> out of him. And for one That's split so second, good. I thought they had killed Secretary Ma. And I was not happy until they were, they proved me wrong. They showed me that they can still surprise me, and I was super, super into that. Yeah, that was really good. I thought in the finale that Secretary Ma would die in one of these four episodes. I was prepared for heartbreak. Same. I expected them to take away all of my remaining favorite characters, so... If Raquel claims one as her favorite character, they're gonna die. Yep. We found that. That is one rule that we have learned through this K-drama. If Raquel loves <laughs> it, she has to let it go. So, it's cool that she made it. Yeah. Congrats, Secretary Ma. 
and then you find out that the peddler outranks Korean Jesus. Yeah. What? And that's that, pretty cool. That's pretty cool, but so confusing. I don't understand any of the ranks. Yeah. The heavens I mean, are weird. You don't need to. If you find out in episode 17, then obviously it wasn't really affecting anything. But an interesting point to bring up right at the end. And I think that was like, that was it for all of my highlights, my episode 17 highlights. But all the things <laughs> I liked, I liked a lot. Oh, finally someone uh, tells Ma Wong that he's gullible. And that felt really good. Oh, Gong, just let him know that he's a fool. That he's been letting mm. foolish things happen to him. And that that felt nice. That was liberating. Because it finally clicked. Like, a lot of people have told Ma Wong that he's gullible. But it finally clicked that what he should believe and what he should not believe. And that was a good moment of clarity. Yeah. Set me free, at least. <laughs> Set me free from this gullible hell. Now Ma Wong will not be tricked anymore. He had a good ending. Alright, episode 18. What interesting things happened. The only one that I wrote as, like, bold font, like, you should mention this, is the very obvious moment that I told you about where Ma Wong is, has, like, a really cute moment with the peddler's grandson. <gasps> yeah. And then the grandson is like, I was told I'm not a demon, I'm half deity. And you're like, what? Oh, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> We all I, made I it to put the those party. pieces together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I loved that. I loved that they made it so well-rounded in that it wasn't just Ma Wong's son is just someone somewhere, but they made him a part of the show the whole time. We didn't even know it. That was a good surprise. I want to know if anyone out there guessed that at any point. Because I did not see it coming. I was delighted. It was a, a nice surprise. That is a good way to put it. Just how pleasant. How pleasant is that? That they both could just talk about their love for mushroom porridge like a good father-son duo. So cute. <laughs> I love it. And, man, 18. I feel like 18 was the most build-up. Because 19 was kind of the real finale. Yeah. 20 was the bonus episode. Yeah, but 20 was season 2. Yeah, 20 <laughs> was season 2. Um, oh. So, Buja's mom died. I was going to say no one died in episode 18. It would have been nice, but Buja's mom died. Yeah. And that was pretty sad. That was sad. I felt bad about it mostly because so much surrounded it and I know that once Buja was gone, Buja was gone. You know, there was no reunion there happening. And I'm glad they didn't make it some cheesy reunion where Asanyo pretended to care or cared because Buja was somewhere deep inside of her. Like, it's good they didn't cheapen it like that, I guess. I think the way they did it was really good. But it was, there was almost that emptiness about there never being a reunion between the one person Buja wanted to be reunited with and her. And so, yeah, it's tricky. It's sad. Very bittersweet. Yeah, very bittersweet. But it was 
nice that if there was any part of Buja left, that was kind of the last thing keeping her, and it seemed like she might have disappeared after that. Yeah, that was it for her. And I feel like Buja's mom's death kind of set PK free as well, where he could come to terms with Buja being gone and being like, "Mm, I don't think she would have, even if she is inside Asanyo, I don't think she would want to stick around and hang out after her mom passes. Yeah, it was nice to see PK kind of get to a point where he could cope with the loss of Buja a little bit more. I mean, it doesn't last for long. He falls right back into that poor decision-making slippery slope. But up until that point, it was just nice to watch him kind of set himself free for a minute. Yeah, for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, PK. Oh, 18 was the episode where they figure out how to remove the the bracelet, the Gungango. Oh my gosh, that's like the... I guess that ended up being the real moral of this story. That's what it felt like the finale was really about. Because that's what episode 20 is all about, is the the removal. But they find out here in 18 that really it never... The love inside was real all along. Yeah, it sounds cheesy when you, like, put it out there. But it's beautiful when they put it in story mode. Yeah. Especially the way that Ogon comes to realize it, and I don't know. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful. He's a good person now. He really changed. He didn't fake change. Yep. It's just by force that he changed, but (laughs) that's fine. You can actually drag a horse to water and force him to drink it. Look at that. He's got magic tools. So yeah, he takes his bracelet off. He puts it back on so that um, Sunmi can die in peace. It's also like convoluted and so sad. And I'm just such a big believer in talking it out, full communication. That I hate the constant like he's gonna be sad when I'm gone, so I'm not gonna tell him that I'm killing myself, and she's gonna be sad if she thinks that. I can't stop loving her when she's gone, so I'm never going to tell it that I can take the bracelet off. It's all so much, guys. Like, just tell each other. Though communication has never once, in any instant, been their strong suit throughout this whole K-drama. They've never talked to each other like healthy adults. So... It wouldn't be a K-drama if they could. Yep, that's true. I, the foundation of every good K-drama is a lack of communication. <laughs> so they end the episode by sleeping together, and that was crazy. It will always blow my mind when the main characters sleep together in a K-drama, because I've come to view them as this very... I don't know, there's just... It, it feels like sex is never a part of K-dramas, really. And so when it is, immediately I am so shocked. Yeah, not, like, offended at all. No. I mean, we're American. That's, like, pretty much a staple of any TV show here. Yeah, you can't escape it here. But still, surprised. Yeah. It's not... It doesn't seem to be a staple of Korean dramas. Yeah. And I I guess I kind of 
It was unexpected, but it was kind of sweet. Yeah, it was really, I thought the scene surrounding it was really funny. Like, they did the condensation on the water glass, and I laughed out loud. (laughs) Or, yeah. I'm a child. I'm a 12-year-old child. I just thought it was interesting how they decided to to portray that particular scene. And the light flickering, the lamp. Yeah, the lamp flickering. That one got me. It's like, oh wow. That's a that's a lot. Yeah. We get it, Wayuki. We know get it. He's like a deity and he's having he's having the sex. Let's <laughs> calm down. And she can control things with her mind. Like who's doing it? We don't know. But I don't know. But you don't need to be flickering that light. <laughs> Um, that's where we end 18 and start 19, where they're happily living a life as a couple for, like, 10 minutes. Yeah. It's very cute. It is. A little morning together. They wake up together, and the sun is shining, and everything's beautiful, and, you know, that ish can't last. It'll be a bad day. Yep. I know it was. So it is. (laughs) Episode 19 is where, like, everything happens. It is a bad day. Yeah. Um, man, so many things happened at this point that I can't stay on top of it. He convinces her to get out of town, and I was like, you sly monkey. Good job. That was way good. I think that was in that first scene where she's like, I wanted to ask the heron a question, and he's like, cool, do that today, maybe. Yeah. Like, you have time. Right now. (laughs) You don't need to go to work. You're free. Go do it. You own a company. Just go. Yeah. And so she takes the winter general with her and I was relieved. I was like, oh thank god, they're not gonna they're gonna get him away from town too. I should have <laughs> known. I should have Psych. known. Because I love him. <laughs> and so he had to be in danger. He had to. So that we'll come back to that. We'll round back to Winter General. Yeah. He kind of he's just in the middle end of the episode my mom watched episode she watched the last half of episode 17 with me i think i don't know but she saw winter general and uh i think i said something like oh that's my favorite character and or my favorite remaining character or something and she was just like he's not anymore or i can't even remember i just said he's sad that's what I said. I said, he's sad. And she said, is it because his hair is so bad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Which is, my mom just sat down, put my favorite character on blast, dropped the mic, and left the room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fair. His hair just got continually worse and worse throughout the drama. Yeah. No one in this K-drama has, like, super great hair, but his was, like, uh, that's a lie. on me has very beautiful hair, but that's true. Um, his was especially rough. Yeah, I feel like the the women's hair is all on point. Yes. Ma Wong's hair on point. On like when point. he was in the hospital and they had it down, like pretending it wasn't styled anymore. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, boy, <laughs> you look good. Like you, you just wear everything styled. so well. Yeah. You look good. Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty into Ogong's weird haircut. 
It's so dumb, but I love it. It is good. It's like over the top, but it's nice. Like it looks good. It's just that that. that yeah, it's too much. Like we watched the behind the scenes cast reading, and he had normal hair and looked so much more approachable. It was the first time I was ever attracted to him. He always looks good. <laughs> he does. I just. It was the first time I actually actively actively was like, oh, look at how nice he looks. So now thinking of PK and Hanji's hair, which are both great, I'm like, it's pretty much just Winter General who got screwed. Yeah. In I'm the, sorry. His only got worse in the script readings. I'm not sure what happened. Yeah. It just I'm looked... curious just if they permed it right before the script readings, because it was all fried. Yeah. Because, yeah, it just looks kind of damaged. I don't know. Maybe it was just a character choice. For all I know, I don't. I don't write the K dramas. I just review them like I have a say in anything. <laughs> and uh, we'd like to make a formal request to not do that hairstyle anymore. Yeah. Permed and parted down the center. <laughs> oh, for winter Pass. general. Pretty shortly into this episode is when Asanyo sets PK on fire. Oh my god. Did you panic? Because I panicked. I panicked. I love PK. Me too. Oh boy. Um, I thought he was going to die. 100% thought yeah. he was going to die. I thought that, because there's this part where um is walking out of the room and she runs into the Jade Prince. And I thought PK <sighs> was already gone by that point. Yeah. I thought Alice would walk in and he would be dead. Yep. But he's just so on I that guess slow like, burn. He's that slow yeah. roast pig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> slow cooker he was pork. seriously injured. <laughs> he didn't show it, but they said it. Come on. Uh, it's fine now, I guess. Just, so Alice walks in and um, the Jade Prince sacrifices himself to save PK. And they... I will never know whether it's Alice or the Jade Prince that loves PK more. Right? It's so beautiful that the Jade Prince sacrifices himself, and at that point, you don't know. You don't know if it's... It's like the low-key version of the main plot, where it's like, are, are his feelings real? Are they not? It doesn't matter. He died for PK anyway. Oh. He says, when he's hugging him, he says, when I'm gone... Just pretend that I returned to the Water Palace. And Emily got really choked up watching that. Yeah, I, I didn't expect to get I emotional. Her, <laughs> I stopped crying at this K-drama, and I was kind of, uh, I don't know, grumpy that I wasn't as sad. Because usually if someone dies in a K-drama, I'm bawling. I'm losing my mind. But this one, they're like every episode. Someone has to die. Yep. And I don't cry anymore, and it's kind of bumming me out. Like, I get real choked up, I get teary-eyed. But no tears. But no tears. Yeah, it made me feel pretty dead inside, because I got equally desensitized, and then all of a sudden, like, I, I, I was surprised at how choked up I got over the Jade Prince. I didn't think I was that attached to his character, but... I think it was just the way he went. Yeah, it was really beautiful. You're a hero. You're a beautiful seahorse hero. <laughs> You're an octopus. 
not a big fan of octopus, but me neither. They kind of they spook me a little bit. Yeah, they're way too smart, and I also don't like to eat them. So I don't know. Zero benefits for me, alive or dead. I like to eat them, and that's what scares me because they're so smart. I feel like they're gonna come for me. <laughs> <laughs> they'll know. They'll look in my eyes, and they'll be like, "You're an octopus eater, and uh, and you eat octopi. Kill her. You eat a kind." Yeah, they probably know that kind of stuff. They're pretty smart. I'm sorry. <laughs> what a way to go, though, right? <laughs> um. So yeah, like I said, Ben Sunby goes out of town. She figures out pretty quickly that the doctor is not there. The Winter General nice. tries to lie, but can't. Yeah, he's a bad liar. <laughs> I mean, I feel like he just plays the neutral card most of the time, which is... Makes for a good liar most of the time, where she's just like, what should we do? And he's like, I don't know, let's go to town. And she's like, I don't think that the doctor is here. Maybe Sono Gong is tricking me. And he's like, I don't know, let's go to town. <laughs> she's like, wait, but if Sono Gong's tricking me, then why? Is he in danger? And he's like, I don't know, let's go to town. <laughs> okay. Winter <laughs> General, I guess if you're going to go in on something... Go hard. Go hard. Commit to one course of action. No one plan line B here. Just deliver <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> it doesn't work. It definitely doesn't work. Not Sunmi's style. No, she so, she figures out super quick because she's really smart, and now she's like got all these powers where she's just not having anything. Oh, with her powers, before they go out of town, she says goodbye to Hanju, and it is the best. Oh, she sees him crying at his daughter's wedding. And she's, like, really hopeful for the future because of that. She's like, look, the world keeps going. You and your daughter. That's so cute. Hanju is such I, a good dad. I thought for a moment that it was Hanju's wife because we've never seen her. And I was so excited. It was not. <laughs> they put, like, one gray streak in his hair to be like, no, he's old now. So... Look at that gray in his hair. I think <laughs> I think that's such an interesting way to age people in shows, but also like for Korean dramas it works because I feel like they're all like I said, they're ageless and all you have to do is put a streak of gray in their hair and I'm like, Yeah, I believe it. They aged forty years. <laughs> that's the only part of them that ever ages. It's probably what they will look like in forty years. <laughs> so well done. Um, so then Samjang, or Sunmi, whatever, takes control of her own destiny. I guess she takes, she takes control of Samjang's destiny. So, so I call her Samjang, that's why. Yeah. She goes to Subori and is like, here's the plan. And everyone works together, and it's beautifully executed and beautifully sad. Everyone works together against Ogong's plan. Yeah, he the trap just... Ogong. Yeah. <laughs> First part of the plan. Part one. Put him in a playpen where he can't do any harm. Check. Check. I know you had a plan to save the world, but we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to do this plan. Part two. Have Winter General kidnap Asanyo and take her to a field. Check. That was pretty cool. Once again, yeah, I was like, oh, thank God they got him out of the way. He's fine. <laughs> He's safe. 
No. No. I thought it was so cool when he walked up to Asanyo and just shoved her and she flew like a good 10 feet. Just the fear in El Presidente's eyes. Right? Also, I feel like Winter General needed that. He really needed that. He needed one good shove. To be like, Asanyo, I'm probably not going to be the one to kill you. Just know that I want to. Took her down. So good. Took her down and out. And, and the, the next part was the hardest part. Part three of the plan is Sunmi's gonna grab the sword and do what? Yeah. Did she think that one through? I'm not sure. Based on what actually happens, I'm not sure that she actually was in charge of this plan at all. What was, what was the plan? Sunmi, riddle me that. Yeah. She... Picks up the sword and then points it at El Presidente, and he's like, oh no, I don't want a sword pointed at me, thank you. So he tries <laughs> to grab it and accidentally, or like a little purposefully, but I don't think he was intending, I don't think his plan from the start was like, I'm gonna kill this person. I think he was just like, I want this sword. Yeah. And they kind of fought over it. And then she and then stabs him. Yeah, and yeah, there's that moment where he's really shocked. Like, you know, deep down he doesn't care. He's fine with her dying. He just didn't really mean to. It was that same look in his eye when he accidentally uh, ran over... um, Oh, Boucher. Yeah, Sarah. And he's just kind of like, oh boy, I did it bad. And then he panics. And then he uh, seems to be a, a little bit okay with what he's just done. He's good now. Yeah. He's over it. He recovered. And that blood is all that was needed to wake up the dragon. Is that right? She just, like, tosses yeah. it into the water somehow. She's bleeding everywhere. It's a lot of blood. And it wakes the dragon. And I... I don't know. That's my only critique of the show is the dragon. Every other CGI was beautifully done. But I think they could have done less is more. With this dragon. Right. He looks like, I don't know, cartoonish. Which, I get it, they had to CGI that a lot. Compared to the other stuff they've CGI'd, that was a big one. But they definitely... It was something. It was something. It was an odd choice. It didn't strike fear in my heart. No. Maybe that's the problem I had with it. So I wasn't scared of it. It was just kind of odd. Yeah. But I don't know. It was fine. Yeah. She tries to hold it off for like two seconds, but mostly she just looks at it as it comes at her. And she turns to the president right after he stabs her and is like, you just sealed your fate. And I like, yeah, sort of, except like, he definitely gets away from that moment without any scratches on him, and that was like. But does he? Yeah, he seems to be winning for now. Yeah. Um. And then the Winter General comes back. Yay! Like doing the right thing, because Asanyo is like, uh-uh, I don't think that. This is going as well as you think it is. So he goes back and he uses his good winter general powers for as long as he can. To freeze the gate so the dragon cannot escape until he is 
shattered just like his ice. And I thought maybe he was dead, but they didn't dwell on it, so I didn't worry about it. I couldn't tell, and I tried not to worry about it. There were a lot of things to focus on in that moment, and really, being honest, was that the only thing I kind of cared about for a good couple of minutes? Yeah, it really was. But I had to pull it together because everything slides into actual chaos right after that. Yeah, so Ogong escapes his playpen and gets the sword, and goes back to the gate and fights the dragon. And it's explained in episode 20 that his heart that was softened by the bracelet is actually what kept him together Yeah, from shattering into a million pieces. Which is so beautiful. Before he gets the chance to do that, though, um, Seonmi dies in his arms in Suramdong. And that choked me. That did choke me up a little bit. I was sad for the acting at that point in time was very beautiful. Like the way his face crumpled when he realized she wasn't going to make it no matter what he did. That got me. That choked me. I was very sad. I don't, again, I don't think I cried. I didn't either. What's wrong with us? We're husks. Are we dead now? (laughs) We're husks of humans. Um, but I was also a little bit confused because a good, what, 60% of the show, they were talking about the death bell, and they were like, oh, one of them's gonna die and one of them's gonna kill, and I was like, okay, you're giving me so much stress, please stop talking about this bell, and then they're like, no, it's gone now, and they explained why in episode 20, but in 19, you're like, I thought she couldn't die unless it was at the hands of Ogong. They also, Is she going to be fine? They explain it, they do, but at the same time, it felt a little like a cop-out of something that they had dwelled on for so long. Like, it was such a huge deal for the whole show. It made me so angry for the whole show. I was so mad about how, like, dumb she was about it. She talked about it all the time. He talked about about it all the time. Everyone and their dog asked each other about it. So what is this death bell thing? Oh, the death bell, yes. The, the death bell rang. One will kill and the other will die. That's just how it goes. And then all of a sudden, they were just like, yeah, that that was null and void after a, a certain she point. She bargained her way out of it. Yeah. To accept her fate that was given, she said, I don't want this other fate, though. And we said okay. (laughs) She picked one of the bad fates. What? Guys, mm, you can't just say, like, we don't want to do this one anymore. I don't know. I was so confused. I think that helped uh, stop my tears a little bit. Yeah. And so, yeah. But then, yeah. Were you... So here's the thing. I think I'm just kind of spoiled... A little bit, because sometimes there's, like, good fight scenes in K-dramas, and I do love, like, well-choreographed fight scenes a lot. I love them a lot. And in this, the fight scenes are comprised of people being very determined and, like, standing still, and all of the fighting goes on on, like, a... I don't know if it's like a metaphysical level. The magic plane. Yeah. They're they're yeah, on a different plane fighting, but in the plane we're seeing they're just standing staring at each other. Cause he fights the dragon. 
I don't think yeah. me saying a thing and putting quotes around it is good podcasting. Um, so I'll just <laughs> explain what I did, I guess. Should we say quote-unquote? Quote-unquote. Yeah, fights. Mm, that's fair. For I guess I didn't mind it, but considering the whole show was built up to be that moment, it was a little bit like, you put a lot of CGI in. And you put scratches on his face. I thought the scratches on his face were way good. Because yeah, you've never cool. really seen Ogong affected by anything. So it's cool that he started to get some damage. But it wasn't really from anything. It was just from the magic. Anyways. I get it. I get I understand your complaint. Yeah. And then yeah, he he wins that stare down, the staring contest. Gets a couple <laughs> of cuts and then he wins. The world's most violent staring contest. And that's the end of the show. And then bonus episode, episode 20, (laughs) is kind of season two, almost a new show. Starts with Ma Wong explaining Sonogong's backstory. Because, I don't know, we don't know that. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. I I didn't pay enough attention. I liked it told in that story mode. I mean, half the reason yeah. you couldn't pay attention is because my mom walked into a room and just started talking to you like it was like a Thursday. <laughs> like, oh, hi, Em. <laughs> but I miss your mom, so it's cute. <laughs> we had a good time. But, uh, yeah, I didn't catch too much of Sonogong's story. It was cool. We had heard bits and pieces here and there anyways. It was just all woven together yep. by Ma Wong's beautiful deep voice. Um, and then we find out the plot of episode 20 is that Sonogong lost his memories. And that's always a fun little K-drama trope. Mm-hmm. Cool, thank you. Glad we can start over. So, season two, he's just looking for his memories, right? Because this could last a long time. We could drag this out. As long as we need. Let's keep going. <laughs> No, this is the only show that I don't want a season two. So this could have been like a ten minute episode, but they decided to make him lose his memories. So it's going to be an hour and 15 minutes. And yeah, we don't, I guess we don't really need to talk much about the arc of him going around trying to find his memories. Yeah, there were some beautiful parts about this episode, but pretty much only one of my like, favorite things about it centers around, like, Ogong and Seonmi, and everything else is just getting to see the other characters and how their stories wrap up. Yeah, that's so cool. There's one part where Alice shows PK a picture that PK and Summer Fairy and Buja and the prince all took together, and PK says, I'm the only one left, and I died. Yeah. That was the last of me. I didn't survive it because of that one moment. Oh, PK, I'm sorry. Yeah, just wanted to I'm give sorry him a hug. all of your friends died. I think pretty shortly after that, he actually has to kill Asanyo. Yeah. Finish off. She's rotting alive, which is super great. Yeah. It's um, no less than she deserves at this point, but... No, but there was that storyline where PK thought he could maybe save Asanyo and she could live in Buja's body and, it and lasted, they could be friends. It lasted 30 seconds. 
Yeah. I mean, he kept being tricked by her because she's a bad person, so it wasn't going to work. But he was still sad that the last person that he could have been friends with, he had to go. Yeah, couldn't stick around. Okay. Um, the ending for El Presidente, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. He was like a bad villain, and he still got like the worst ending. Like what? I thought his assistant the whole time was the most loyal person, like Secretary Ma level yeah. loyalty. And at the end, he's like, I'm president now. Like, I don't think he is, but he just is like, okay, I'm going to bury this guy alive. And uh, puts him in the sarcophagus, throws him in the ocean. Like, what? That got real dark. Like, this is not a light. Like, this this show is not light. It's not a good time feel good show but that was that was heavy yeah Yeah, that was really dark i don't know what's up with that that was like some game of thrones shit yeah (laughs) all of this is like game of thrones everybody's dying (laughs) and there's a lot of weddings but none of them are good none of them are happy authentic weddings um (gasps) Hanju's ending was the best. So good. I, I mean, was it the best? It was the second best it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute, though. He was so sad at losing his boss. Mm-hmm. But she left him a company. And he's going to be so happy when his daughter gets married because he has money to pay for the wedding. That is really sweet. It's really great that he takes up the mantle of finding these properties with spirits in them as well. It's not a great idea for him, I would say. Like His forte was not in the uh, ghost busting, but he tries. But now I understand what you meant by second best it could have been. Because <laughs> he could have been such a cool ghost buster if he had only teamed up with Winter General. Yeah. Because he goes to the bar, he finds Summer Fairy's bar somehow, and Winter General is still running it. And Winter General's just talking him through his woes, like a good bartender. But also Winter General is never the best at the emotional stuff. So mostly he's just spooking him out. Yeah, we wanted a spin-off where they're ghost-busting together. It's <sighs> Lee Hanju and Winter General together forever, running a business. And ghostbusting, and they were like, oh no, Winter General's not that good with people. <laughs> he cannot connect with Hanju. Oh, and it's such a bummer because it would have been the actual best thing. So good. Winter General, Hanju, and Jonathan. Because you know Jonathan would have come back. Yeah, to help him run the company. They were best friends. They were best friends. Every time Hanju speaks English, my heart gets full. <laughs> I love it. Chaun, who is Ma Wang's girlfriend, is reborn as a cherry blossom. And it's beautiful. It is. And she goes first to Ma Wang and then to the peddler's grandson. Whoa, what? Whoa, what? What could this mean? So if you're not good at puzzles, like me, 
they spell it out for you for the peanuts in the back who are like i'm just not sure <laughs> that's me okay i was like no i'm pretty sure they gave you a bunch of clues and i'm like i don't know Raquel. <laughs> they're really gonna have to they do pull- work this one into the script i feel like k-dramas have pulled one over on me so many times though whenever i'm like prediction it's safer <laughs> to be like i don't know i want to i want it spelled out be sure it's just how I am. So Ma Wang's son is the peddler's grandson, and it's spelled out for us. And they spend time together, and Ma Wang decides to become a deity so that he can protect his son and connect with him. Because right now, they spend time together, but it's kind of secret. It's he can't tell him that he's his son. Yeah. yeah. Got that covert just father-son hangout. Just as best friends for now. Yeah. And then, do we have the real ending? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Everyone gets wrapped up in a nice little bow. And then the real ending is the one that I've been thinking about since we watched it. Like, that was a beautiful scene where Ogon gives Sunmi his eye and says, no matter where you are, I will come find you. What? That's season two. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I want torn to shreds once again. Right? Like, I, I sincerely want a season two where he goes into the afterlife and, like, the land of the dead and hunts for his love. That makes it sound as morbid as how this show began. But for real, like, that would be such a good concept for a K-drama. And then, like, side story... Uh, Winter General and Hanju have a real estate <laughs> business together. Real estate slash detective agency slash ghostbusting. <laughs> uh, I'm ready. Okay. Give me a couple years. I gotta I gotta forget the heartbreak that was Kwaiyugi season one. Yeah. Maybe just one, one year. In one year, make Kwaiyugi season two. Yeah. And it'll be just as crazy. So good, though. And their their goodbye is really, really beautiful, where he finally gets to tell her all of the things that he always loved her, and that was really important. And um, I really loved how... I guess bringing back that thing that I forced you to brush over um, with him his heart became stronger because like what they thought was a weakness all along was his strength and it was his love for her and it's really beautiful that's so cute you guys my heart my cold <laughs> soul void heart is melting what a good show that was a good one I'm sorry we've complained about it so much it was a beautiful show it's in our nature 10 out of 10 we'll watch again in five years when my heart is ready. <laughs> Maybe it's more survivable if you know what's coming. Maybe, yeah. Um, I'm curious if anyone else out there has watched or rewatched this. If they're like, yeah, definitely way better the second time around. Because sometimes things are like that. Yeah. Just like it better when you can catch the little things. Yeah. It's more like a puzzle. When you can, yeah, kind of comfortably get to the end, because you know how it all ends up, so you can focus more on the journey. Yeah, maybe I'd cry more the second time around. Yeah, I'd like to think that I would, but who knows? I th- Maybe it really did murder me. Maybe I'm dead inside now. 
<laughs> we'll have to see if I cry at the next K-drama. If I don't- oh. I don't know if I will. Oh, man. I'm dead inside. Oh, man. I'm gone. Goodbye, Goodbye. It's good knowing you. It's okay. I just know what we're doing next. Yeah, we will announce that on our bonus episode. Yes. So next week, we'll do our bonus episode for Huayugi. So, if you can, send us in what you thought, what you liked about Huayugi, who your favorite characters were, what you hated about Huayugi, <laughs> anything you want us to mention on the podcast, and we'll read it next week on our bonus episode. Yeah, like literally anything, just thoughts. Uh, comments. Your your very favorite part of any part of it. Your favorite character. Your favorite color. Your favorite food. <laughs> Make it about the show, though. Yeah. Some way. Like, let us know if you also love mushroom porridge. Yes. And you can do that. The best place to do it is on our website, playonk.com, where you can comment directly on the episodes. You can sort through all our old episodes and watch each new K-drama with us and sign up for our newsletter so you can get updates when we release episodes and when we cover new K-dramas. Um, we also have our email. Did you say email? It's like a checked Just out. Website. It's like a checked out. What's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> we have an email. It's playonkpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, that's a great way to get a hold of us. Uh Especially if you wanted to do something spoilery in the comments, then we can kind of, uh, we, we get to see it and not other people. So, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you can tweet at us. We are at PlayOnK, and there you can send us shorter messages. I don't know. You can tell us you liked the podcast. And you can connect also with us. catch up with us when we live tweet our first and perhaps last episodes of every K-drama. <gasps> Yeah, that too. And then finally, we are on iTunes. If you wanted to rate and subscribe, uh, that would be awesome. That would really be really, really, really cool. And then comment and just let us know what you think. Yeah. So any of those places, comment, let us know, and we will mention you in the bonus episode next week, and we will announce what our next K-drama is. And there's a lot of fun things in store. Yeah. And thank you, as always, to James Hevel. Thanks, James. Thanks, James. You're the best. If you're in the Midwest, search his name, check him out, try and go see him. He's amazing. Yeah. And I think that's everything. We will talk to you guys next week with our bonus episode. Yeah. Thanks for everything, guys. Bye. Bye.